Hey guys, what is up? It has been a while since I've been on here. Story of my life, right? <laughs> well, I'm back. I'm back with a solo episode. Um, to be honest, I'm just never that motivated to do these solo episodes. It's harder for me to come up with ideas on what I want to talk about. And especially now that the craziness of my dating life has slowed down, which we will get to. I just personally don't have as many like unhinged thoughts and ideas, which I know is a good thing, but I got to figure out kind of like what direction I want to take the podcast as a result of that. Um, so we are working on that, but I did have a podcast um, that I've been planning to do as the next time I came and talked to you guys solo. So that's what I'm here to do today. It's also why this has taken so long. Um, this podcast episode has been a long time coming and it's taken so long because it's been a difficult thing for me to be able to talk about. Um, I have thrown mentions to this character per se and this story multiple times on this podcast. Most of you that are loyal listeners uh, know the nickname and you've heard bits and pieces to kind of get the gist of what was going on. But this was such a large chapter in my life that it felt weird for this not to get an episode and a story. Um, but honestly, I just haven't been in the mood because I did know that even though there is humorous things in this story, it is still heavy. And for a long time, it was like too close to me emotionally to be able to talk about. And as I always preach on here, I like to have a little bit of like emotional separation from topics before I come on and record about them. And to be quite honest, up until about halfway through this year, I really was not over this. Um, I finally feel like I'm at a place to talk about it. I don't guarantee that that won't make me emotional still. Um, but I am finally in a relationship uh, information drop there. <laughs> I have a boyfriend now. I'm in a healthy relationship. Um, and so I finally feel like there's not anything to hold me back from speaking on this. Um, for a while, like I said, it was a mix of me wanting to be emotionally regulated about it and also wanting to have respect for this person, which I wouldn't say I have a disrespect per se for him now, but more so I'm just in the camp of, you know, I've given a lot of chances and opportunities for this person to like stay in my good graces and I don't really feel like they've taken advantage of that um maybe in his mind avoiding me is the best way to do that I can't speak to that and maybe that's with good intention um but I think after everything that happened um and in the ways that things fell off that hasn't felt like the most closure inducing thing for me personally uh so yeah, we're going to we're going to just roll with it and I'm going to speak as candidly as possible about it. Like I said, I always keep things anonymous especially with a subject like this. I'm not trying to like incriminate anyone or um get anyone thrown under the bus or make anyone's mental health worse by any means. Uh but, you know, at the end of the day, I've spent a lot of time worrying about this person's mental health when it's had a drastically negative effect on my own mental health. So I'm kind of stepping into putting myself first and just telling the story. Because like I said, uh, there has been a lot of humorous parts of this story. Um, they just have kind of been clouded by the fact that a lot of it was very heavy and serious as well. Um, I really wanted to do this with one of my best friends. Um, well, one of two of my best friends, because they were so closely 
related to this whole scenario, um, but one of them isn't really much of a public persona. Um, she had offered one time to do it with me while I mostly talk and she's just there for quite literally giggles. Um, but we just didn't get time. And then my other friend that was more involved with me as well, uh, same thing. We just kind of didn't get time and neither of them live here in Austin with me. So I don't really love to do guests virtually unless I have to, like when I had Jordan on the pod. Um, but I do want to get this rolling. So you guys, if you haven't guessed it so far today, we are going to talk about lampshade. So let's buckle up and dive in. The time is June, 2022. So yes, this has been like a year and a half ago and I was about to move here to Austin. So it was a month before I made the move and I had my best friend from high school, Carly, visiting me. We hadn't had like a girls weekend or night out together in like a decade. She's my oldest friend, um, like timeline wise, and she has four kids. So our lives are just very different, but uh, she made the trip to Nashville. So that way it would be easier to come see me before I moved even further away in Texas because she still lives in Ohio. Um, so she was there for a weekend at the very beginning of June visiting me. We had like a night out, went to see Chelsea Handler at the Ryman on Friday night. Um, and then on Saturday, we were grossly hungover, but we decided to rally. Um, I wanted to take her to see Midtown. So we went to Midtown in Nashville. Those of you that know, know. Uh, and we were just hanging out at Kung Fu, kind of having a pretty chill time um, sitting on at the picnic tables. And like I said, I'm about three and a half, four weeks from moving to Austin at this point. It's already been official and set that I'm doing this. Uh, but we were out and her and I were sitting at these tables. And I noticed this guy sitting like outside as well in just like one of the lawn chairs or whatever by himself. And I bring it up to Carly because I think he's really hot. Um, I tell her that I'm like, oh my God, don't you think that guy's really cute? And she agreed. And then we kind of just like continued having our conversation, but my like energy and attention just kept like drifting back to this guy. And I don't know what it was. And, <laughs> you know, maybe this is one of those things that in hindsight, you're always able to be like, these are warning signs, but I just was like, really drawn to him. And I guess the trick is like, you never know if it's a warning sign or like a good sign. Like, oh, maybe this is a thing I'm supposed to be paying attention to. But Carly is kind of the one who called me out because I just kept like bringing it up. Like we would be in the middle of conversation and I was distracted and I would just be like, what do you think that guy's doing here by himself? Like it'd been a while. And I just kept being like, oh, I bet he's waiting for friends. Everybody's doing that. And I just kept looking over and he was like alone. And he looked kind of sad, um, to be honest, like, which is, as we all know, my fucking type. And <laughs> I noticed like as the night went on, he was just by himself, kind of like on his phone sitting there. And I just kept being like, what do you think he's doing? Like, you think he's by himself? Like, I don't know. I just think he's super cute. Like, why would he be here alone? And she finally was just like, Kylie, go talk to the man. And I was trying to kind of play it off because I was just like, no, like I'm here with you. Like, this is our weekend. We never get to go out and do stuff like this. Like, I don't want to go like involve a guy. And ride or die bestie that she is. She was like, Kylie, I literally do not care. I have four kids at home. I'm married. I never get to go out and do things like this. Let me like live through your weird single life. Um, just go talk to him. So I, uh, for context, this was CM, CMA weekend in Nashville, which is pretty crazy, but it's also a big like country music festival weekend that was going on. Um, so it's pretty chaotic in town in general. Um, but I like just the way he was dressed, he was looking very like Brantley Gilbert-esque <laughs> like just like the new age country which is funny because that is not his persona but um I like walked up to him and I was like you're either filming 
the saddest music video ever, or you're just depressed, <laughs> something along those lines. And he just laughs and he was like, I actually am pretty depressed. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. Um, and I was just like, well, I'm sorry. Like, I just noticed you sitting here by yourself and I wanted to come see what's up, like, see if you're okay. Um, and we started talking and just immediately we were like wrapped up in this big conversation. He was like super inquisitive about me, asking me a lot of questions about myself and like what I'm doing and who I'm here with and all those things. And just like really quick seemed like he was like very enthralled by everything I had to say. Um, and it was mutual. I was really enjoying talking to him, but I don't know how much time passed. And I started being like guilty because I left Carly just sitting over at the other table. And I was like, Hey, that's my friend sitting over there. Um, I need to get back to her. Like, I feel, um, bad that I've left her this long. And he was like, no, no, I totally understand. Um, and I kind of like hesitated and I was just like, you can join us if you want. I just don't want to leave her here by herself. And he just like lit up and was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I would love to. Thank you. So he joins Carly and I at the table and we all end up spending the rest of the evening together. He talks to us both. He gets to know us both. Like we have a good time and we end up all going to meet up with the friends that he was apparently was waiting on. Um, but I guess he did go out by himself if I remember correctly, but he had people he knew that would be out eventually. Um, and one of his very nice friends uh, met up with us and we went to Dogwood, which is like just the degenerate dance club of Nashville. <laughs> and we ended up there just like dancing all night. And by this point, we've had a lot to drink. And him and I, at some point, a switch just flips and we are just making out constantly, like all over the dance floor. Carly has a video of it. <laughs> um, and it was just... Uh, it was addicting. I had a great time. We were having a great time. We were in between just like talking a ton and like talking about our lives and like what we've been through. And I just like felt really connected to this guy. Um, and I liked making out with him and we were having fun. Um, and he kind of started already talking to me about the fact that I'm moving. Um, he was like, you know, I'm so sad that I met you tonight and you're about to leave the state. Like, you know, making jokes about like, when can I like book flights to come see you? Like I will. And I'm just like, this guy's bullshit. Um, you know, he just met me. And as he continued to talk about that stuff, I don't, I don't know what happened, but I started just kind of like getting this weird feeling. Um, we jokingly said that I just like got the ick. Um, and I was just like, you know, this is probably just trauma that I'm not used to somewhat. Like, I don't know the last time a guy, was that forwardly like all about me immediately, I was love bombed. So I think like it just set off a warning flag to me, but I didn't really register that at the time. I was just like, something feels off. And I was like, not really interested anymore. Um, but I wasn't uninterested enough to like dismiss him. And I also didn't want to just like leave him there because at this point at the end of the night, his friends had left. Um, and I had learned he lives like 45 minutes from Nashville at the time. And so he was planning on coming back with us. And so I still let that happen. And me and him and Carly came back to my apartment. Um, we got back there and I did make him sleep on the couch. I told him that I wanted Carly to sleep in my bed, like that she was my guest. And I didn't want to make her sleep on the couch when she's my lifelong friend. Um, and really that was my way to like skirt hooking up. Um, we continued to like make out and everything. Um, and same thing. He was just being very intense, like, in his emotions being like, you know, like, I can't believe you have to move. I would love to see you again before you go and all these things. And 
I just felt myself like pulling away and I didn't really know why. Um, I kind of just like let it roll off. And I texted Carly and I was like, Hey, if he says anything, like, please just say that you're, you want to sleep in my bed or whatever. So that way I don't have to like do it, which ladies, by the way, if you don't want to sleep with someone, you're able to just say that. And I don't think that this guy was going to like pressure me or anything. I got to know him well enough to not like be concerned about that. Um, but you know how it is. It's awkward. And I'm like, I literally brought you back here, but he, he slept on my couch. Um, we woke up the next morning and it's like getting well into the afternoon and Carly has to leave that day. We were trying to get brunch together before she left. And he's just like still asleep on my couch. We're trying to figure out like how to get this guy out of my apartment without being rude. Once again, you can just ask someone to leave, but I'm a people pleaser. And we just like went back and forth about like, how do we get him out? And eventually we just woke him up. Um, but as a little side note, um, he was shirtless sleeping on my bed. And for those of you who are loyal listeners, you know, I'm a loyal listener of probably a podcast, Shannon Ford's podcast. And she has an episode with uh, her best friend, Anna Grace, where they talk about lion tattoos and how they're a huge red flag. Like any guy with a lion tattoo is going to ruin your life. And on this man's chest, he had a lion tattoo that I could see while he's on the couch. And so I had literally just told Carly about this episode and about all this stuff. And so I was like, oh my God, do you see his chest? This is so funny. Like didn't actually think it was serious. I just was like, oh my God, that's funny. Maybe that's why I had a bad feeling, you know, whatever. Um, well, I walk him out once we get him awake and he's like, you know, he told me that he hopes to see me again before I leave. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, we'll see. And he was like, I know that I'll be seeing you again. And I was like, okay. Um, and kind of let it go. Um, but over the next two weeks, I was pursued by him. I honestly don't remember which one of us did text first. It could have been me. I don't, I don't know, but I do know that the following weekend, um, I was out all weekend long, didn't really connect with him at all. But then that Sunday was like father's day. And I was out with my girlfriends for like a Sunday fun day. And I had just gotten the crazy message from my ex that you guys know about that actually like we found out in hindsight was because of him and Jordan's blow up and everything. I didn't have all that information yet, but I'd gotten that message. Right. And so I was kind of like on one that day and I had texted him and was just like, come to me when I'm out at downtown Nashville. And he's like, oh, I'm having Father's Day food with my dad. Um, but like, I'll come like, how late will you be there? Like, blah, blah, blah. And just like immediately was like, excited to come. I actually have a TikTok that went semi-viral about this because I also hit up the guy that I had been seeing, um, Canada. I never ended up telling the rest of his story because I just, like I said to you guys, decided it wasn't really worth it. But um, I had messaged him like another time, not that same day. And he had given me like such a shitty response to wanting him to come over. And so I made this TikTok about like guys I like versus guys I don't like. And it was like the most viral video I've ever made um, and how they respond to asking to see when you ask to see them. But uh, the irony is uh guy I didn't like, I ended up liking. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, he was so eager and he came to meet up with me and my friends um, at Red Door east I think yeah we were at Red Door East and I was having like a girl's day and he came and just joined all my girlfriends and he just came in like he was my boyfriend like he was sitting with me holding my hand like just being so affectionate and I was like not against it but I still wasn't like wrapped up in the vibe you know it's like something obviously other than alcohol compelled me to reach out to him again 
And I wanted him there, but I like had this wall up. And again, I'm just like, you know, it was probably trauma response. I also was like, I'm moving in two weeks. I don't want to get attached. I'm sure there was like multiple layers of that going on, but he was so sweet. My friends liked him. And, you know, my friend pulled me aside one and told me that her and him addressed separately coming to visit me in Austin foreshadow, um, my girl, Katie. And also I like talked to her and she was just like, this is crazy to me because he is literally your exact type in every physical way. And like his personality, like she was like, you guys have very similar like vibes of things. And she was like, it's weird to me that you're like pushing this off so hard. And I was like, well, you know, it's just silly to try anything. I'm leaving. And so he comes home with me that night. We hook up for the first time. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was incredible. Um, like really good. (laughs) And so then I was like, I have a problem. This is not going to be good, but I was still like, okay, it doesn't matter. You're probably not going to see this guy again before you leave. Or if you do, like you leave in a week. So it doesn't matter. And we had talked about that night, our plans for the following weekend, uh, Katie and I to go to pride, uh, the pride festival in Nashville. That was going to be my last day out in Nashville before I moved away. And we had talked about that, like in the presence of lampshade, his nickname, which I will get to. Um, and we leave and after that day and also after, you know, each time he's seen me, he like would send me a text shortly after he left and just been like, I had such a good time with you. I hope I get to see you again. Like, you know, he like made a joke the first time about like, thanks for taking a chance on a sad boy. I'm so glad you risked me being a serial killer. Cause I had made a joke about that. Like, I was like, you want to come see me and I barely know you, you could be a fucking serial killer for all I know. And he did that again. And I still was just kind of like, whatever, dude, you know? And so there was a joke made. I was telling um, one of my good guy friends, Tony, about the whole Goodwill situation with the insane text he sent me. And then I was telling him about this new guy and being like the contrasted situation and just being like, am I being love bomb, blah, blah, blah. And he made the joke that he was like, well, what you could do is send this guy who truly, who's, who apparently wants to turn you into a lampshade to kill Goodwill and knock out two birds with one stone. Goodwill's dead. Lampshade goes to prison. And then they're both out of your life. Fucked up thing to say. I get it. I didn't say it, but I did laugh. And it kind of just went from there. Like I told my friends about that and everyone just started calling him Lampshade as far as code names go. And at this point I was in full preparation mode for this podcast. As you guys know, I had started working on it with a friend originally and then switched over to it being a solo pod. But like I was already planning like what people's names are going to be, what the vision of the podcast was. This was all the way happening already in June, even though the podcast didn't launch till October. I had also started taking stand-up classes already in that time too, as I've shared on here. Um, and I had told Lampshade about that too. Like I honestly, one of the things that I think happened is because I knew that I had no stakes in it, I thought (laughs) I was very open. Like that was one thing that when I spent time with him, I was a hundred percent myself and he seemed to like that. And so that was kind of growing on me. Um, He had hit me up the night before pride and asked where I was at and what I was doing. And I was like, I'm staying in because I'm going to pride tomorrow. Um, You know, I have an early morning, we're doing the parade and all that. And he had asked if he could meet up with us at pride, said he was going already with his sister. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. It's my last day with my girls. So I kind of want to spend time with them. Like, we'll see what happens. And so I didn't hit him up. I was just at Pride for the day with my girlfriends. And he um, 
did hit me up. He hit me up. He was like, Hey, I'm going to pride, but my sister bailed. So it's just me. Can I still meet up with you guys? And I wasn't sure. I kind of like put it off all day. He said he was coming regardless. Um, but all my friends ended up kind of cashing out by like three or four because we drank all day and we drank these like CBD drinks too. So we were all kind of like having a good time. Um, but I knew that it was my last day out in Nashville. I didn't want to go home that early. And I was bummed my friends were leaving, but I was like, can't be mad. They've had a day. And Katie was about to drive all the way to Austin with me. So I would still get more time with her. So when they were all going home, I like took Katie to get her stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'll meet back up with him. I just want to freshen up because it was hot as fuck all day. So I like wanted to shower and change clothes. And so I told him I would meet him. And I met up with him at Pride at like five. And we ended up having a really great time. Uh, this is when, again, things were shifting for me a little bit, but I still was like kind of ignorant of it. Um, I was really enjoying his company. I was trying to be standoffish. I met up with him there. He like brought me a drink to, when he greeted me. Um, we had walked like a little bit. He immediately was holding my hand, stopped me in the middle of a walk at one point and was like, I haven't gotten to kiss you since you've gotten here. And, you know, I was just like, this man is so cute. Like, but I was just like, I literally, my parents were showing up the next day to move me two days later. Like that's how much time I had left. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to enjoy this day and have fun. And it doesn't mean anything. Um, a band I really like was playing at pride. We, he didn't know them, but he like went with me to see it. And we like danced to that. And then I took him to this bar, Henry James after to meet my friends, like my coffee shop guys I've talked about on here. Um, I brought him with me and they had heard the backstory about him, but I literally was like being such a bitch. Like I, he went to the bathroom at one point while we were there with my friends and based on how he was behaving to me. And I like turned to my friends when I thought he was in the bathroom and I was like, he's obsessed with me. Right. And they're like giving me the signal, like cutthroat signal, like shut the fuck up, Kylie. And I was like, what he is like, you can tell he likes me so much. It's like, so weird. Right. And I turn around and he's right behind me because the bathroom door was locked. So he came right back and I didn't hear him. I felt so bad, but he was like, so sweet about it. Like he was just like my, well, one of my friend's girlfriends kind of jumped into my defense and was like, sorry, Kylie's just not used to guys treating her with respect. And he was like, that's okay. That's what she deserves. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. And I was like, okay, this guy is really sweet. I just probably have walls up about moving away and it's, it's fine. So we go back to my place. We hook up again. It's great again. Um, like, yeah, I feel like I shouldn't gush about it because I have a boyfriend now that I do really care about that should also be great with. Okay. But like, I hadn't had like really good sex in quite a while at this point. So that did not help things. And he stayed over and the next morning I'm like trying to finish up, like getting shit packed up and everything. And he's just like offering to help me before he leaves. He's like helping me, he helped me take my TV down off my wall, was helping me get a bunch of the heavy pictures off my wall, took all my trash out for me. Like, he's just like, I want to help you as much as I can, like, you know, before you go. And it was really sweet. And he left and I was just like, I'm probably never going to see this guy again. And, you know, I, I texted him like one other time, like the night before I was leaving and was just like, you know, thank you again for your help the other day. Like, you know, I'm glad I met you and just, you know, thought we were wrapping a little bow on it. And he was like super sweet about it. Um, that next day, me and Katie made the drive um, and we moved. My parents left Austin and we got um, everything moved in. And on that Friday night, we started our weekend of just 
Fourth of July madness. It was my first weekend in Austin, Katie's first time in Austin. We went out and we had a good time. Um, but that night while we were just like getting ready to go out, I get a random voice memo from Lampshade. And he's checking in on how the move went, checking in on how the drive was, um, and asked me how Tonks, my cat, is doing, which just got me. That's just a thing for me. If you make if you make special attention for my cat, like I it really is the key to my heart, honestly. And you know, asked me how she was. And we ended up just like voice memoing back and forth that night about like what we were doing and what our plans were. And I was like, okay, this is really sweet. We go into the next day, I think. Yeah. And we end up going out again, having a whole night and he had been doing the same. We end up on a drunk, messed up, faced up FaceTime at like two in the morning and we FaceTimed for two, like two hours while we were fucked up from like two to four in the morning. And apparently in that conversation at some point, um, I had told him that Katie had already bought tickets to come back and see me in a couple weeks for Troy Boy, which is an artist that I know he likes as well. And he was like, oh my God, I would love to go see him again. And I invited him apparently. Uh, I woke up the next day and Katie's like, I just want to let you know, you invited so-and-so to this concert. You want to check in on that. And I was kind of like, you know what? Fuck it. Who cares? Like, it's not like I've met somebody new here already. If he wants to come see me, I doubt he's really going to come full send. So we ended up continuing to talk the next day. I was like, do you still really want to go to that concert? And he was like, yeah, send me the dates again. I'll look into it for sure. Um, And we messaged back and forth that day for a little while. And then just like he fell off. I got really messed up again that night. Like I said, bender weekend, guys, not going to lie. And I was trying to message him and he was just not answering me. And I didn't hear from him for like two or three days. And so I was just like, okay, classic. I finally opened myself up a little bit, get excited about something. They disappear. Story of my fucking life. Am I right? But he pops back in a few days later. Um, and he's just like, Hey, I'm sorry. I went way too hard this weekend. Um, you know, I, you know, I just haven't been recouping blah, blah, blah. And this is a pattern that would continue. But at the time I was just like, yeah, happens to the best of us, man. No big deal. He, uh, continued then to talk to me. We talked a lot on like Instagram message instead of text. Um, I don't know why, but we just did. And we would talk like almost every day and it was like silly stuff and just like getting to know each other. And it just felt like we were always on the same page about stuff we were talking about. We were opening up about deeper stuff. Um, and then the same thing happened where we ended up, um, well, I always get this order of events confused, but I think we had our first FaceTime call after this, like on a Thursday night, I told him that I would love for us to have more FaceTimes before he just comes and spends a whole weekend with me. Like that was like, we haven't had a lot of face-to-face contact. We've always been drunk and I would like to like get to know you better. And he was like, yeah, for sure. Um, and we had our first FaceTime call on like a Thursday night or something like that, right after that whole initial weekend. Like, well, I guess the first FaceTime was the drunk one over the weekend, but you know what I mean? And we talked for like two or three hours again and got into some like deep shit. It was, it was definitely immediately like a trauma bonding situation. Um, he opened up to me about like his issues and past stuff with like depression and alcoholism and how he felt himself kind of going off the deep end with substance abuse again, but that he had enough of a hold on it to get ahead of it. And that he wasn't concerned yet, but he was like wanting to bring it up to attention because he knows that he needs to cut back and like slow down. And I was kind of, okay, yeah, why don't you lay off the party favors until we come for Troy boy? Cause we're all going to want to do stuff like that. Like give yourself a rest. And he's like, yeah, that's for sure what I want to do. And I really, like I said, opened up and 
showed so much of myself that I've always felt like was too much for someone or like that I was too weird or out there honest or vulnerable for people. And, you know, my ex had always made me feel like I just had too many emotions and he just opened his arms about that. Like, you know, it was, it was really sweet. And then I didn't hear from him all weekend. (laughs) I had tried to message him and my head is just spinning like, damn it, Kylie, you were too much again, which first of all, even if that was incorrect, the minute a man makes you feel like you're too much, they got to go. They got to go. And I remember I reached out to him like on that Monday and was like, look, you're not under any, under any obligation to talk to me every day. We're not in a relationship, but you know, it does suck for you to just, you know, I, I, cause I don't know if you're okay. Like I'm worried about you and whatever else. And, you know, I just want to check in. And he had told me, um, that he was sorry. And, you know, he was hopes that I've been okay. And I was like, actually, I would really like to talk about this a little bit more. Um, and he was like, yeah, I'll call you tomorrow. So on that Tuesday, um, he called me and we FaceTimed again, another like two, three hour FaceTime call. Um, and I was really honest. It's the first time I like was not scared of hiding my emotions. I was just like, Hey, inconsistency is unattractive to me. I really struggled with this in the past and standing up for myself, but I like talking to you. I opened up to you a lot. And like, if you're interested in continuing to talk to me, like I need you to not disappear on me. You know, like not only do I worry about your safety after all the stuff you told me, but I like talking to you and I want to hear from you. And he was, you know, just super honest and owned it. Like didn't try to defend himself, was apologetic. And we had more really deep conversations, um, either on that call or the one that happened two nights later, we ended up having another long call, but it's like, I opened up to him about everything about my pregnancy in the past. And like, honestly, he said some stuff to me about that, that like was really healing and really helped me in that regard. Um, he said really kind things to me in juxtaposition of what my ex had said and like really held a safe space for me about that. And I like found myself falling. I was becoming infatuated with him. Like it was this reverse thing. And part of me wonders if this is like an issue I've dealt with for a while now, where ever since that bad relationship that I enjoy the chase. So the more that he gave me a little and pulled away, the more I wanted more versus when he was like full coming on with me, I didn't want it. And that's probably my own toxicity I've developed, you know, whether it's from trauma or not, I have to get my shit together with that. It almost sabotaged the relationship I'm in now too. Um, but I, (laughs) I really liked him and I was liking him more and more every time we talked, like it was so, it would, it would be like, I would look at the phone and be stunned that we had just been talking for almost three hours, like on FaceTime. It just felt like time flew. And it seemed like he was receptive to the feedback I was giving him. Like I, you know, that Thursday call that I got actually was because he had messaged me, um, that he was like, hadn't gotten back to a message of mine in a while. Cause he was hanging out with his sister and he's like, Hey, I just want you to know I'm not ignoring you. I'm with my sister. Um, I'm so sorry. I'll text you as soon as I'm done. And I was like, Oh, you're fine. Like, you know, it just been a couple hours, no big deal. Um, and then instead of texting me, he just called me, you know? And so it was like, he was being receptive or really trying to the stuff that I said I needed. And I really appreciated that. And we had another big talk like that. And then once again, the next day, I felt like he was kind of weird, um, kind of pulling back a little bit. And, um, 
he's like on that call the night before admitting to me that he once again was like using a lot of party favors again, falling into like where it's affecting his work, it's affecting his sleep, it's affecting his mental state and that he just really needed to get out of this problem. So every conversation we were having, he was really unloading a lot of this stuff that he was doing. And I was really talking him through it and offering to like, when he was going out that weekend, I was like, Hey, the stuff that you have at your house, what if you just throw it away? Like if you find yourself tempted this weekend, why don't you text me or call me? And I I'll be here for you to talk you through it. Like putting a responsibility on myself that was unnecessary. He yes, was using me as an emotional sounding board, but he wasn't asking me to be there for him in that way. I took that responsibility on and I worried about him all the time. Um, but that weekend, like I said, I felt like he was a little weird, but then this is now where we were one week away from when he was coming to see me. He had told me, even though it was like seeming weird, he like booked the flight that week. I was like, he made sure he got off work. Like I was just like, Kyle, you're being crazy. This guy likes you. He's flying across the country to come see you next week. I need to get it together. He's just got a lot going on. And he, uh, that weekend, it was like a Saturday night after the Thursday night was the last time we had talked and I'm out. And all of a sudden he's just like flame emojiing all my stories and all that stuff of my night out. And then we're texting a little bit and I'm drunk. He's drunk. And he calls me while I'm out at the bar and I go outside to talk to him. I end up sitting on a curb outside the bar for 45 minutes on the phone with him. And then I get my Uber home. He had sent me money for my Uber to take me home. We talked the whole ride home. Once I get home, we switched to a FaceTime. We had ended up on the phone for like four hours total. He ended up falling asleep in his car when we got off the call at like five in the morning because he, he did the same thing. He had just walked out of the bar to call me intending to go into the next bar when we were done. And we just were on the phone till five. And first of all, that conversation over this whole time is the first time we ever even were like remotely talking about hooking up when we saw each other again. Like that's the other thing I was falling for him because we were being just so vulnerable and intimate and he would compliment me or tell me I was beautiful or sexy and stuff, but he never was like, Oh, I can't wait to hook up with you or like talking about things like that at all. Um, but that call we kind of did. And he was just like, I can't wait. Like when I get to the airport, I'm going to kiss you as soon as I get there. And like, you know, he was talking about how scared I make him, um, because, you know, he's like, I don't feel like I'm in a good place, but I really want you. And like, you know, I was like, I'm going to be honest, like I'm putting in all this effort and time because my intention is to date you. And he told me that that was his intention too. He said, I want to date you too. And we were, he was like, I'm scared because of the distance. And I was like, me too. And so we were kind of talking about all that. And I was like, I'm not trying to make a decision now. I just like want to put it out there that that's like what I'm trying to explore. And we seem to be on the same page. Granted, substances were involved. And so the next day I woke up and I was kind of like, the fuck happened last night? Like, did we say we're dating? Like what is going on? And I messaged him and I was, you know, he, I was just like, I can't believe we talked so long last night. And he was like, I know me either. And I was like, how much of that conversation do you remember? And he said everything. And I was like, oh no. And he was like, is that bad? And I was like, well, I don't think so. I just kind of woke up today wondering if we're really going to try to do this or not long distance. And he told me that he really liked me, but the distance concerned him. Um, and I was like, you know, I kind of feel like maybe it was just the alcohol talking last night. And he was like, no, it wasn't. And like sent me an eye roll emoji. And I was like, look, I'm not saying that it was an alcohol problem for you. I'm just saying it makes people more vulnerable and get ahead of ourselves, you know? So maybe we should just see how the 
weekend goes when you're here and go from there. And he was like, that sounds good. Told me he was going kayaking that day. Um, and then I didn't really hear from him the rest of the day, but I was like, he's on the lake. It's fine. Last time he went on the lake, he lost his phone. So who knows? And we didn't talk the next day. He sent me like pictures from kayaking and we talked a little bit. He had said he was feeling sick. I start panicking, thinking he's going to use being sick as an excuse because now it's like Monday or Tuesday and he's supposed to fly in on Thursday. The show's supposed to be Friday. They were leaving Sunday. I think they were, he was coming in. I'm pretty sure Thursday to Sunday, if I remember correctly. And maybe Thursday to Saturday. No, it's Thursday to Sunday. So he was supposed to come in Thursday and they were leaving really early Sunday. And I like was super worried um, that he was going to bail because trauma. Um, and I cannot tell you why. Um, this is the first instance where I had a weird intuition with him. Um, I'm going to dive into some more of this, but this was the first one that was really like, to me, maybe more female intuition, but I've had a lot of weird cosmic stuff with him in the months that followed. But he, one of the pictures he sent me was like a group picture of everyone or one that got posted or something. And there was also one of them out in the water and there's multiple girls in this group. Um, there, he wasn't next to this girl by any means. I can't say specifically like what the ordeal was. Um, but for some reason I zoned in on this like one girl and I felt like really insecure about it. Like I was like, something's going on with that girl. And I don't know why I think that, but I just do. And the whole rest of the week, we like barely talked. Um, I actually set up with Katie for him to come stay with her and her roommate the night before, since they leave so early for like, quote unquote convenience. But it was actually because I was afraid that he like, wasn't going to make it otherwise, or that he would bail. And another warning flag, you should not have feelings like that. You should just know you can trust and rely on someone. Um, but they did do that. He came, um, that night we were talking way more about like him coming and all that stuff. And it seemed like things were fine. Um, they ended up like drinking the night before leading up to going, I guess he kind of stayed drunk. Um, they show up early as fuck in the morning. I pick them up. I'm so excited. Um, I get there, you know, we get stuck Katie's stuff in the car. She gets in the car and he kisses me. Like he said, he was going to, we get in the car. He holds my hand, the whole drive back to my house. And I'm like, so ecstatic. Like, I'm so happy. I'm like, oh my God, you were worried about nothing. Everything is fine. And we go back, like they're exhausted. So we go to take a nap and I go back to sleep with them, but I can barely sleep. Cause I'm so excited. I'm also like, boy, I'm ready to hook up. <laughs> like, and he had said to me right when he got there, you know, we got, he was like, let's take a nap and then we can uh, make up for lost time. And I was like, hell yeah. So I wait as long as I possibly can. He's still asleep. Katie's finally awake texting me. And she's like, I want to get food, like wake his ass up. And I'm like, okay, I have to, I need to hook up first. And she's like, I get it. You just need to wake him up. <laughs> so I eventually do. And we like hook up and he ends up having some issues. Um, opens up to me that he's on SSRIs now. Um, and those SSRIs also do not mix well if you're drinking and doing extracurriculars, y'all. So things didn't really work. Um, it was good while it was working. Didn't work. Um, and I was kind of in my head about it because I already was like having weird feelings over the last week, but I tried to just shut it down. because so I was like, none of his other actions are giving you an implication that something's wrong. So we go out for the day. 
Uh, the three of us go get brunch. He pays for all of us. We go meet my other friend for a, a drink at, in the afternoon. We go back, we all get ready to go out. Um, and we go out with my other roommate and Katie and kind of like a little doubly situation. Um, he like tells me how beautiful I look. We like go out, we have drinks. Uh, we do a little bit of mushrooms and he's just Mr. Wonderful again. Like we're out and he's like holding my hand and he's kissing me at the bar and talking about how he could see himself living in Austin. And like, he looked up if his job is there and it is. And I'm just like, I'm head over heels for this guy. And I'm like, how did this even happen? Like a month and a half ago, I wanted to never see this guy again. And now I'm like, I go, I don't, I think I thought about him every day. And I was like, so excited, you know, for the weekend and just to have him there. And everything was good. Um, his favorite flume song came on in the car on the way home. And he just like, it's like a very lovey song. And he was just like kissing me so passionately in the backseat to this song. And I was just like, Oh my God, I think this is going to be the next guy I date. And like, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm on board for it. I'm on board for it. And huh, I was wrong, <laughs> but we'll get there. Um, yeah, the next day we were like getting ready for the show. We were all pretty hungover. We went to Barton Springs and I felt like he was kind of quiet and reserved all day, but I was like, he's hungover. He's also in a new group of people. I know he's an anxious guy. Um, you know, I tried to not read into it, but we all had like a nice day. We had a nice time. We all got ready for the show. Um, and we were like, went out to Troy boy. Um, he, I think did a little too much of the extras. Um, and I had just been so excited for us to kind of have this magical, I will say for those in the rave scene experience together, like this enhanced experience. And like, from what I experienced with that, what we had talked about, I was like, man, if we're like this, just at the bar with some drinks, we're about to be unbearable together. Like at this fucking rave, right? No, no. He was zoned out the whole time. Um, I mean, he would like hold my hand through the crowd and stuff to guide me through, but like, it was not cute and sweet. Um, I basically, I mean, I had a great time with my friends. Um, and yeah, we came back after to kind of like chill and come down from everything. And we like snuggled up together on the roof and everything, but it still felt like I was having to like initiate all that. And I was just really in my head about it. Um, at this point, we still had not tried to hook up again since that first morning. Um, we go back, he passes out immediately in the bed. Um, so I try to sleep. I have fucking night terrors all night and wake up the next morning and we have a day again. And I'm just like, unwell, like he, we go out for brunch. He starts drinking immediately. I decide to drink with him because I won't, don't want to deal with my feelings and I don't want him to feel like the only one drinking, which I shouldn't have needed to do. Like Katie wasn't drinking. My roommates weren't drinking. It was just me and him. They were going to have to fly out the next day. Again, I was going to have to take him to the airport. The whole thing was stupid. Um, we drank all day. We went kayaking. And again, we had a nice day, but I was just like, something is not right. Um, I went upstairs and was like crying to Katie about it. And just like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, I think you just need to talk to him and, you know, sort it out. I think everything's fine. I think he's just got a lot going on. Like, I think he is just, you know, nervous here with all these new people and people that are very different than him. And so, you know, my empathetic people pleasing ass was like, yeah, I'm sure that's it. And so we go through the whole night. I stay up so late with him. Everyone else has went to bed. We're just up talking and listening to music and having a good time. And I'm finally just like, we have to talk about this. And at this point he's drunk. I'm not sober, but not drunk. And we have this conversation and 
he basically opens up that he can't give me what I need, that he wants to, that I'm like one of the best people he's ever met, that I've introduced him to some of the kindest people he's ever met, that he's not good enough for me, that he's in a place in his life that he needs to really get out of before he can bring someone else in, which in all respect is absolutely true. And I know that was doing me a favor, but I'm fucking in it at this point. And, you know, I kind of told him that and that I was like, not ready to give up on him. And that I, you know, I had all these feelings and, you know, he was like, none of this was fake for me. Like, it's just that he wasn't stable. And I clearly could see right the fuck in front of me that that was true, but I was just, I was in, and I, I was not, in a place to know it or admit it then, but in therapy working through, like I was, I'd fallen in love with this guy and it sucked to like hear him say like he couldn't be with me and that he couldn't do it. But then, you know, we ended up where he, I told him that I was planning to try to come to Nashville in a month, um, to celebrate my birthday early with Katie. And he was like, please come to Nashville. And if you do let me know, like, I'm really going to try over this next month to like get my shit together. And like, when I see you, I want to be in a place where I can like be more open to this. I want to be able to like hook up properly. I want to be able to like be there for you emotionally because you've been there for me so much. Like he had told me that he was basically back on suicide watch. Like it was a lot of heavy stuff. And because of the content of that conversation, because of how we left it, we finally like kissed again. Like, like he, like we meant it right before the alarms went off to have to take him. And I brought them to the airport and we barely talked. And I spent the next several weeks just worried out of my mind about him after everything he had told me. And it sucked really bad. I spent all of August, like barely talking to him. Not sure if we were done, but feeling like it wasn't going anywhere. Obviously, as it got closer, we talked barely at all, but I had heard this song about two weeks before I was supposed to come back that just really reminded me of him. And I just had this overwhelming feeling on this one particular day to reach out to him. Like I was like, something is wrong. Something is not good. I feel it in my bones. Like all day I had worried about him. And by that night I was like, the song had kept coming up like over the last week in random places all the time. Like I don't ever hear it. And I was just like, this is so weird. Like, cause every time I heard it, heard it, it made me like think of him in a situation. And so finally on that Tuesday night, I'm like getting ready to go to Pittsburgh to see my friend Kara as you all know. And I messaged him and I was just like, Hey, this song made me think of you. I just wanted to reach out and see if you're doing okay. I hope you're good. And I hadn't heard anything back. And I was panicked. Like, I can't explain it. It wasn't like a panic. Like, Oh my God, he's ignoring me. Like in my core, I felt like something was wrong and I didn't hear from him for almost two days. And I was unraveled. I didn't sleep. I got to Pittsburgh and it's all I could talk about to Kara. I was like, I feel like something is wrong. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like I can feel like this inner, like hurt inside of me that doesn't feel like it's mine. Like, I know that sounds insane, but that's like what I was dealing with. And so I finally had told her we were going to dinner. It was the first day I got there. And I was like, look, if I don't hear from him by the end of dinner, I'm just going to call. Like at this point I was going to like find a sister on Instagram and reach out to her. Cause I, I mean, I'm like, the guy fucking told me he's on suicide watch. Tell, I know all these problems he's having substance wise. And then he's just not answering when it's clearly like a check-in. Like I wasn't like, Hey, miss you, babe. Like I was like, are you okay? You can't tell someone you're on the verge of dying. And then when they ask if you're okay, not fucking answer them. Like you can't do that to someone. And I, Finally, while we're at dinner, I get a text back from him and he tells me that the day I messaged him, 
he was having one of the worst breakdowns he'd had since like his big issues he had had years prior that he had told me about, like when he was facing the worst suicidal thoughts and things like that. And I was like, I fucking knew it. And I was like, I'm just glad you're okay. Like, you know, all of that. Uh, And then we texted here and there over the rest of the trip. And he had reached out to me while I was at the concert and asked me if I had a plug for curriculars. (laughs) And uh, party favors, whatever the fuck we want to call them for legal purposes. But I was like, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be part of this issue. Um, But I kind of played it off in a different way. But I was just like, you know, excited. He was talking about then seeing me, but then I was like, is he only trying to see me because he thinks I can help with this? And that sucked. Um, that's when I, the whole story I told you guys about micro that all went down that night. Like I said, I woke up in this guy's bed crying about lampshade. Like I was not well, man. (laughs) And like I said, about two weeks later, I go to Nashville and I had realized that when he left from the Troy boy weekend, he had left a bunch, like several of his things when he was in his drunken stupor to get to the airport. He, uh, had left a few of his things at my apartment. And so I had reached out to him when I was flying into Nashville and I was like, Hey, I get into Nashville tonight. I have your stuff with me. Um, if you can come get it from Katie's, we're going to go out and celebrate my birthday. If you'd like to come, you can, um, no obligation, but this is when you can come get your stuff. And he was like, of course, like, I'd love to come celebrate you guys. He's like, I'll probably drive. Cause I'm trying to like get my shit together. And so I'm like, okay, maybe he's like actually done the thing. Like he had told me to still come this weekend and that he was going to try to be like in a better place for me. First of all, people can't fix themselves for someone else. That's a big lesson learned. Um, nor should they, it should be for themselves. And he shows up to get his stuff, takes a shot with us, um, and ends up driving us out. He does, but ends up getting drunk with us all the same. Um, I don't remember a lot of this night if I'm being honest, but I just remember conversations him and I had outside the bar in his car. I remember crying or telling him, you know, like him, him reiterating basically that he can't do this, but then like kissing me all night and us like making out at the bars and all of that again and going back and forth of him being like, I can't do this, but I want to. And like, I don't know what to do. And like, you deserve better than me. Like him telling me that I need to like, let him go because it's bad for me, but then just staying, uh, we go back to Katie's. He stayed with all of us the next morning. This ended up being one of the craziest weekends I've ever had. Honestly, Katie and I refer to it as big brother weekend. Cause she had like friends staying too. We had like a household of people in her little two bedroom. And it was really fun, but it was also confusing to me. We wake up and I, I just kept thinking he's going to leave now, right? Like he keeps saying he's not doing this. He's going to go. We're not hooking up. It's not like he's staying for that. Like we're making out. That's it. <laughs> and I, we get up that morning and we decide to go to brunch and he comes with us. He has a tattoo appointment later that day, he says. So he's not staying. We go to brunch. I have a migraine because I'm ungodly hungover. He like rubs my neck and my head for me at brunch we all go together. We go to the next bar. He cancels his tattoo appointment, stays out with us. We're all out all day together. And then it's just back to that thing. That whole day we're together. He's there with me. He's holding my hand again. He's kissing me all day. He's talking to me sweetly. We go all night long. He meets more of my friends. He ends up taking me at the end of the night. Our other friends go home. He brings me to this party after hours party that his friends are at introduces me to his friends while he's holding my hand. We take pictures in this photo booth thing. And I'm like, maybe he's changed his mind. Maybe he figured it out. And he's like, 
Oh my God. You know, it's, it's the fucking delusional girl wishes that we're like, if they just spend enough time with us, they'll see who we really are and they'll love us. They won't, they're not going to change their mind. You're fucking delusional. But I, I thought that, and we come back to Katie's after that. We stay up till 7am talking. I think it's this huge connection. No, babe, it was the drugs. That's why he's up talking to you this late. But we do the same thing again. We fall asleep cuddling. We're like talking all night. And I'm just, I'm so in a mix of like love for this person and fear for this person that it just, it took up my whole brain space. I was not being a logical person. We wake up the next day. And once again, I think he's going to go. We have brunch plans. My friend, good friend, Chelsea is flying. I guess she's driving back. Um, she just went through her divorce and was moving back to Nashville. And she was meeting up with us that day. We had a girl's brunch plan, but one of our friends bailed. So we had an extra spot for brunch. And I just say to him that she canceled and that if he would like to come, he can, but that I knew he had to get going. He said he was not staying out Sunday because he had to make sure he worked on Monday. And he was like, yeah, I should head home, but he's, he's not leaving. We're getting ready. We're like almost ready to walk out the door for brunch. And he says, you know what? I'll just come with you guys, which I take once again, as he wants to spend more time with me, but I think he just wanted to get fucked up again. (laughs) So he comes to brunch with all my girlfriends again. We're there all day. We end up going to another bar. I get a phone call from an old character that I don't think I've named on here yet. I think Kara and I came up with a funny name for him, but I don't remember it. But anyways, we'll just call him T for now. And T is like calling me and harassing me. It's this guy I've hooked up with like twice that just has this weird possessive energy with me. And he's like messaging me. And I was talking about how he always just randomly sends me dick pics and shit. And Lampshade is like infuriated. Like he's asking my friends questions about who that was on the phone. Like I'm telling him the whole story. And he's just like, well, next time he tries to contact you, send him a picture of my dick, send me a picture of his dick to send this guy. Like is just kisses me ferociously. Like the whole rest of the day, he's holding my hand. He's talking about how I'm his and like not anyone else's. And I'm just like this jealous behavior hot. It shouldn't be bitch. It should not be. Jealousy is not hot. Like I just took the, any, any grain of like feeling like this guy cared about me. I just fucking grasped onto it so hard. It's embarrassing. And I, once again, let myself believe this was real. And we get to the end of the night and we're once again, having this conversation. And I'm just like, look, I'm the one that has to step away from this. I want to take September to myself, like get my feelings in check. This is the very last few days of August, by the way like the last week. And I'm like, I am not saying I'm going to wait for you, but I'm also saying I'm doing this because I know you need space and time, but like, make no mistake. I want to be with you. And he basically tells me that if he was in his right mind, if he was healthy and in a better place, there's no doubt about it. It would be me. Like he was like, if I get my shit together and you're still single, when I do, I would marry you in a heartbeat. It's the fucking words this man said to me, of course he was intoxicated. So it's probably all bullshit. But I, I took it to heart. Like I was like, okay, this is really the reason he says he's, it says he's, you know, he doesn't feel like he's good enough and that he's not in the right space. And it really has nothing to do with me. And that night, um, we end up all going home and he, uh, <laughs> he meets us later because he gets a phone call from his dad. Um, they got into a fight and he told me he just needed space. So we left him there. Um, I'm worried about him again, trying to get a hold of him. He eventually shows up at Katie's and he's just like exponentially more wrecked than he was when we left. 
And I end up taking care of him the whole time, helping him throw up in the bathroom. He's holding my hand while he's puking in Katie's toilet. We're laying on the couch at Katie's and I'm like rubbing his head for him because he asked me to like, that's how I fell asleep is just taking care of him. And once again, like nothing emotional happened that next morning he had to leave. Um, he was like sober hangover, like voice memoing and texting me all day though, about getting through his work day. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe this is it. And we're just going to be cool. And he's right that he wants to be with me and he just can't. And that's what it is. We have this connection and we're just going to figure it out and I need to distance myself, but I realistically couldn't. And I fly back the next day or that night. I forget. I think it was later that night. Um, not important, but I get back and I'm like, you know what? I was in this zone of like, writing a gratitude letter to someone every day. It was something my therapist was having me do. And I just felt this immense gratitude in a weird way for this situation, because this man did show me that I was capable of love again. And I felt like after goodwill, I was never going to feel that again. I felt like I was never going to be into someone in that way. Sometimes I still have struggled with that. Um, because anyone I find myself having those immense feelings for it's this in this way that I know is not healthy. And now I know that's what I was feeling again. But at the time I was just like, you know, you showed me that I could be myself and I wanted to express all that. So I got his address from him and I wrote him this gratitude letter, just being like, you know, I'm grateful for this experience, whatever it was, whatever it will be. I will always just want the best for you. Like I'm always going to root for you and I believe in you and wrote him this letter and I sent it, um, that literally next day I got back. And over those three days, he texted me like almost every day for like the next, like I said, three or four days back and forth. It wasn't like a lot, but we were like messaging each other, like just little silly things here and there. And I was like, okay, like this is kind of feeling like it was again. I didn't know what to make of it, but on that third or fourth day, it's going into a Thursday. He, uh, stopped messaging me. I'd sent him something. He didn't respond. I didn't hear from him all weekend. And I'm like, okay, he's ghosted me, but I was just like, oh, he's probably just falling off on a weekend bender again. You know, I didn't think anything of it deeper than that. I was like, this is what you prepared yourself for. This is why you told yourself that starting September 1st, you were being single girly on Labor Day weekend. It was like that Sunday night. So this has now been day four, not hearing from him. I go to sleep, but I'm having a really hard time sleeping. And right before I went to sleep, I saw he had a new Instagram story up, but I didn't click it intentionally. I was like, whatever he's doing out on his party weekend, you don't need to see it. <clears throat> you don't need to see what he's doing while he's ignoring you. <laughs> and so I tried to go to sleep. I couldn't. I tossed and turned all night. And finally at like two in the morning, I look at my phone and I have a text from Katie's roommate, Kayla. And she just says, girl, what the fuck? And I can't tell you how I just immediately knew. I was like, it's his Instagram story. I know it is. And I, before I even texted her back, I went and looked. It's two pictures in a row with a girl who I later found out is the girl from the kayak pictures. And it's very clearly like a weird together type of photo. Mind you, he had just spent 72 hours straight with me five days before this, kissing me, saying all those things to me, how he couldn't be in a relationship with anyone right now. And if he could, it would be me. And he's ghosted me the last three days and hard launched someone else in that time frame. which again, 
we all know no one's fucking hard launching someone they just started talking to in the last four days. My timeline matches up to around that kayak trip being right around when his communication really started changing with me and realizing that I've been a fucking idiot. It means that was the week before he came to see me in Austin. (laughs) It was fucking devastating to me. I felt like the biggest fool. And I woke, I, I bawled myself I would say to sleep, but I didn't sleep. I cried all night. I went and laid in my roommate's bed. He comforted me and like, let me just cry to him about it. I was so unwell. And ironically earlier that day, Chelsea had said, I don't know why, but I'm feeling pulled to just come see you in Austin. Like she's like, I'd love to be there for my birthday. It was in a week, by the way, happy fucking birthday to me. Um, she was like, I'd love to be there for your birthday, but I'm, I'm thinking about booking a flight tomorrow. Like it was that last minute. And I was like, yeah, I'll come. I texted her that morning. Cause at the, by the time this was happening, she was, uh, awake for the flight. And I was like, this just happened. I'm so glad you're coming. And she was like, I knew I felt like I needed to come for a reason. And honestly, having her there with me every day for a week, and then immediately Kara showed up towards the second half of the week to stay for several days. God bless my friends. I was devastated. I never said anything to him about it. Um, I literally just chose silence for the first time in my life. I felt like an idiot that I'd just written him this heartfelt letter about how much I like respected and cared for him and don't have ill will. And like, just, just, I felt so stupid. I'm like, he lied to me the whole time. Like, that's how I felt so betrayed. I'm like, I was there for him. I put up with so much shit, got my feelings entangled in a situation I didn't even want to be in. And I was being lied to. That's, that's all I kept coming back around to. My birthday, you know, was tainted by it. I was, just having so much trouble, like getting, getting through it and it hurt so bad. Um, but I refused to back down and say anything to him. And I like to think that I could have kept it that way for a really long time. Um, but I didn't and (laughs) I, I did, but I will never know how long I would have made it because after about six weeks of no contact, which by the way, I was still like, I had muted him on Instagram, but we were still following each other. He was still watch my stories all the time. And I tried to avoid his um, for this good reason. But when I was coming back to Nashville, six weeks later, um, I wasn't supposed to go to Nashville. Um, Katie was having a really rough time and I booked a last minute flight day of to surprise her. And I flew into Nashville, not realizing that that was Lampshade's birthday weekend. Ironically enough, I surprised her, showed up for her. Um, Like I said, he still had access to my Instagram, but I wasn't really worried about it because I'm like, we haven't talked in six weeks. If he wanted to be talking to me, he would. He obviously, I'm pretty sure still has a girlfriend. Like that Friday night, I actually went and looked at his page for the first time in forever. Solly had this like little heart highlight that was pictures she's tagged him in from festivals and shit. And I was like, all right, I don't have to worry about him while I'm here. I'm not going to look anymore. And I had told Chelsea and Katie about that, about the highlight, because she had asked me if I was worried about like putting on Instagram that I was in Nashville. And I was like, he doesn't give a fuck about me. I'm good. And went through the next night. It is then Sunday night and I am out to dinner with my friend, Kayla, Katie's roommate. 
and our other friend, Katie, not the Katie I always talk about, a different Katie. <laughs> and out of the blue, I get a notification from him and it's like a two minute voice memo. And my just heart drops. I'm zoned out of the dinner. I have to get up and I go listen to it. And it is just this crap shoot of an apology, if you'll even call it that. Like it was like a check-in. I want to make sure you're well. Like nothing fucking happened. Like it I don't even know if he fully in that said sorry. He eventually did. I think he did say sorry for any pain he was a part of or something. But like trying to tell me he was doing well and better and that like he hopes I am and all this shit. And Chelsea had went and looked and she was like, Kylie, that highlight is gone. I think they probably broke up and he's spiraling and reaching out to you or he saw you're here. Like, I don't know what the order of events of that weekend was, <clears throat> but the point is he was probably single and now he was reaching out to me after six weeks of silence. And I ended up responding just basically being like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, you've got to be kidding me. And he's like, pretending to be confused by my reaction. And then he congratulates me on my podcast that had just launched that week and tells me he's proud of me. <laughs> like, are you fucking for real? And then he, uh, I tell him that he must think I'm an idiot. And he was like, why would I think that? And I had this note written in my phone that I wrote out the night I found out about the girl. And I went in and updated it to reflect a little more sound mind versus then my first night of pain, updated things timeline-wise. And I just sent it because I was like, I don't have anything to lose and told him everything that he made me feel. And we went back and forth where he was sending me just like five-minute voice memos, just talking in circles just, you know, talking about the hard time he's had, put it, making him, you know, just self-deprecating himself, but still not really owning what happened with that situation. Like kind of trying to tell me like he wasn't even wanting to be in that relationship and it wasn't a happy one. And I'm like, that's none of my fucking business, dude. Like, that's not the point. <laughs> and so we went back and forth about that for quite a while. And up until uh, he just sh showed up to Uptown where we were at. <laughs> And I think I've been recording for quite a while. Um, that was a lot of the, there's more heavy stuff, but that was a lot of the starter heavy stuff. Um, because once he shows up at Updown, that was, this is October by this point, by the way. Um, the next several months were a lot. Um, but this at least ends here and tells you guys a teaser of as much as it ends in pain and was fucked up. The weekend from the moment he shows up at that bar for the next two days is one of the most tragically hilarious stories I had to tell. So I'm going to leave you all on a cliffhanger for that because um, I don't want this to be a two fucking hour podcast. I think I'm already over an hour. Um, and I thank you guys for riding with me. We're going to pick up with him showing up at the bar I was at and uh, how that went with my friends, what the next few days looked like, and then where that ended up for him and I over the next few months in the next episode. So Hopefully uh, this hasn't been too depressing. Um, I want to end with this next time with kind of like what I've learned from all of this and like how I'm doing now and how I got through it. But a lot of weird cosmic voodoo feeling shit happened over the next few months with this. And I still haven't been able to explain it. I've had to like really just let go how weird this has been, but I am excited to get to talk to you guys about it and see if anyone's had like 
weird, similar things. I have one friend who like deeply relates and had kind of this kind of weird feeling tied to someone. Um, it feels very like twin flamey to me, which sounds so fucking stupid, but I also want to make it clear that most of the time twin flames are not, they're not the same thing as soulmates. So like, don't get it twisted. I don't think this is like my forever person. I or wouldn't be in a relationship right now if I thought that. Um, but I think it's somebody that I do have a weird soul tie to. Um, and as much as I don't want to have it anymore, things have still happened to me as recently as this September, um, that tell me otherwise. So I want to dive into all of that, but I know that there's a lot of depth, like I said, to everything that's left and I don't want to rush through it. We all know I'm not short-winded. So if you ride with me, um, thank you. I hope that this episode was not a bore for you. Um, I think I mentioned on here before at one point that this guy did tell me he listens to the podcast. I would like to think he doesn't do that anymore based on the way the last several months have been, but who knows? And if he has, um, I'm sorry, but also, like I said in the beginning, it was just my time to get to talk about my end of this experience. And none of this is with ill will. None of this is to make someone feel worse than they already have about a hard time in their life. But I think a lot of times people don't realize that the effect it's having on other people. And I think the way things ended up with us could have been handled differently still. And I think he made attempts to make it right, uh, which I'll talk about in the next episode, but it was short-lived. So I will try not to get ahead of myself and I'm going to try to snap out of it. I got two comedy shows tonight, baby. So for those of you that have been riding with me still, things are going well um, with shows. I have three shows this weekend. I'm about to go do two back-to-back ones tonight. So I need to go prepare my sets for those. Um, I'm about to go home for Christmas. Um, I'm about to go home and to Houston for Christmas. I'm going to be all over the place. Um, I have lots of other life updates for you guys about where I'm working now and how comedy has been going. And like I said, I will fill you guys in on my relationship now um, when I can. Uh, Like I said, I I like to give things some time before I share them, but I'm uh, doing well. And this has been something that has kind of just been sitting on me waiting to do the podcast on. So happy to finally get to do it with you guys. Um, like I said, hope it wasn't a snooze fest for you. And, uh, if it was, sorry, cause there's a part two coming, but if you are happy to have the podcast back, I want me to keep doing them. I'm doing my best, but I can't be motivated unless you guys are giving me ratings, reviews and, uh, subscriptions and all of that jazz. So please leave it Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Let me know how you felt about the episode and what you want to see more of. I'm going to try to get some more guests lined up for you guys. I love you. And I will talk to you soon.